Welcome to the Life Church STL podcast. Wherever you're joining us from, we hope this message encourages and inspires you. Thanks for listening and enjoy today's message. One of my greatest, I guess, ambitions or one of the things that I want most to do is to be a good father. And to teach my kids, and I think I've done an okay job at that, um, you know, because I, I want, and we all should, whether it's our, our children or those that we get to pour into as spiritual children or, or whoever that is, that, that I think we all want to be able to pass down things to, to somebody that can carry on what we've learned and go further with it. And and to be a, a father, to, to protect and to guide and to, and to teach, to care for, you know? And so it's just making me think, you know, about, about God. And do we, do we think of Him as much as we should that way? As a father. As, as our father. In Galatians 4, 6, it says, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of His Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Abba means Father. So just crying out Father twice. Father, Father. Crying out, Abba, Father. It says, because you are sons. And in this, this word, it, it in a narrow sense can mean a male uh, offspring or, or just someone that's male, but in a broader sense, as it's used here, it, it actually is a descendant or one of the posterity of anyone, that we are the posterity of someone, which is God, that we are created by Him and for Him and through Him, and, and He has created something great. He is our Father. Because he's adopted us. He's brought us in to his family. So are we crying out, Abba, Abba, Father? See, so many times we, we use the words God and Lord, which are not wrong. I mean, in the Bible, those words are used for God and for Jesus many, many, many times. But, but if we stop there, I believe that we're missing something. And do we, do we have these understandings of who God is, these other names and, and aspects of who He is, Father being one of the biggest? Because Paul tells us, he actually tells us, he's like, there's many gods and lords, small g, gods and lords. In 1 Corinthians 8, 5, it says, For even if there are so-called gods, whether in heaven and on earth, as there are many gods and many lords. So people have things that they worship. Gods that have been, you know, made up or created or whatever. And there are these gods and, and lords, these little g, little l, 
things the people worship, but they are not God. And God wants to distinguish this for us, for His children, that, that this isn't just another in the plethora of things that people worship. Or these other gods that, that people are worshiping or sacrificing to or any of this. This is not just one of. This is God, the Father, your Creator, the one that, that is put together every cell and fiber of your being, the one who knows you intimately. You know, hopefully, a father knows his kids well, and he does. Our Father God knows us well. See, I mean, our problem in our feeble minds is, is we don't sometimes grasp that. It's hard to, to get into our minds that He really does know every single little thing about us and why we're acting how we're acting. Why we do what we do. And what is going on in our lives. And sometimes we pray, we ask like, God, why, you know, did you know, if anybody ever said, did you know? Like somehow He doesn't know. Because we forget. He's not just another God. He is God, the Father. In 1 Corinthians 8, 6, it says, Yet for us, right, it says, there are many of those little g-gods that people worship. Those, all that mess that people worship. Yet for us, verse 6, there is one God, the Father. See, he, he takes this moment to, to differentiate. That not just there is, there is one God. But he says there's one God, the Father. I don't know if I don't know if you're like me, but like you you try to you know pull apart stuff and analyze and 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 I'm looking at this and and he's saying yet for us there is one God and that one God the God who is and is to come is the Father of whom are all things everything has come from Him. And we for him. And there's one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom are all things and through whom we live. See, when we say God, we're meaning the Father. When we say Lord, we're talking about Jesus. And he's saying here in the scripture there's one God the Father, there's one Lord. The G, G, not the Jesus, but Jesus Christ, our Savior. And our salvation is built upon these two names. 
in Exodus 3.15. So I want to take, just kind of look at this scripture and, and kind of pull out, like, do we understand, do you know who your father is? You know, I think about it to just take that into a natural sense. You know, I, I like, I, just like in movies or whatever, you know, when there's like kids and they're all messing around and, you know, maybe some kids are, you know, messing around with another kid and, and somebody's like, do you know who his dad is? You know, he's the mob boss, the one that kills people, buries them, and nobody ever finds them. You know who his dad is, you know? That kind of movie, those are cool. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think about, do you know who your father is? Because my Father, my God, is the one who created everything. Why would I even question? Why, why would we even question if He knows what's going on in our life? Why would I even question whether He, he cares for me or whether he, he wants the best for us? You know, whether He's going to be good to us when, when He's the one who created us. When He's the one who formed us in our mother's room, womb, right? The one who, who put that personality in us. A piece of who He is and, and wanted to see an aspect of who He is and, and how you are and what you do. Wouldn't He care for you? Wouldn't He want to help you and guide you and teach you along the way. And sometimes, look, as many of us know, is being a kid doesn't mean that our mom or our dad is always going to do what we want. It's not that he's going to do what we want. It's gonna, he's going to do what is good for us, what is the best for us, what is going to get us to the place of being who He created us to be? That is what, as, as a dad, that's what I want to do. I want to help my kids come to the place where they realize who God has created them to be. And to walk in that. How much more God our Father, the one who created us, would He want us to be what He's created us to be? Would He want to help us, be with us, and love on us in the, in the process? Sometimes that's tough love, but it's love. I don't know, anybody else experience that? You know, you're like, God, why? It's like, I, you needed it, you know? In Exodus 3.15 it says, Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, 
and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. And what he's saying here is this word, the Lord, in, our, in your Bibles, it should be. Hopefully it is. See, I, I get scriptures, a little side note. A lot of times in researching, I'm, I use different websites with Bibles and translations and all this stuff. And I hate it when they, they don't copy it over exactly like it should be. Because in, this, in, in your Bible, it should be the Lord God. And Lord is all capital letters. It's not even just capital L, lowercase o, lowercase r, lowercase d. No, it's capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. When he says, this is my name, this word Lord here is Yahweh or Jehovah. You know what it means? The existing one. The one who exists, the one who doesn't have beginning or end, but always has been, always will be. He says, this is my name. The one who is and always has been, the existing one. And this is my memorial to all generations. Jehovah the existing one. In Exodus 3, 14, I'm going to go back right before that, and it says, And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am has sent me to you. Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name, and this is my memorial to all generations. He says, I am who I am. I don't, I don't know if anybody else finds that interesting. That it says, I am who I am, and I'm, and I'm trying to figure that out and 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 understand what that means. And in researching and reading some commentaries, I love some of the things that are said about this. Because it says, it's like putting God on our Father, God, on one side of the equation. And nothing else but Him can be put on the other side of that equation. And they said, you can look at it like that, because nothing else, like you say, God is love, is the closest, one of the things that someone said, God is love is something, something very close to it, you know, because God equals love. But it's not the same, because love doesn't equal God. The only thing that equals God is, the Father is God the Father. I am equals I am. He says, I am the one, the only one that can be compared to myself. I'm the one that has been and always will be. There's none that compares. He's the maker 
of, every, of heavens and the earth and, and all matter, everything that, that we are. That's who your father is. He says, I am who I am. There's no equivalent. I, I, lo- I just, I don't know about you, but I love that. It's like I love to see that picture. I am equals I am. Nothing else compares. When he says, I am has sent me to you. He's implying, I am the one who is. The one who always will be. The one who will never cease to exist. Your creator. Not one of those other little G-gods. Not one of those other things, self-help books that are, you know, you're trying to read to, to make things better in your life. Not, not one of those other people that you run to for help when things are going wrong. I'm not one of those others. I'm God, your Father. I love this other quote that I came across. It says, also inherent in the idea behind the name I am is the sense that God is the becoming one. It says, God becomes whatever is lacking in our time of need. The name I am invites us to fill in the blank to meet our need. God's saying, whatever it is you need in this moment, and he says, I am that. Are you needing comfort right now? Are you needing him to wrap his arms around you? Are you needing that peace in your life because it's been a mess and, and there's turmoil and all this stuff going on? Or maybe, maybe it's that things have been going really great, but you need Him to ground you and pull you back down. He is that too. He says, I, I am that thing that you need in that moment of need that you're in right now. I am. When the angel of the Lord came to Joseph, tell him about Jesus. He says, You're going to call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins.
And this name Jesus actually comes like from the root word that Joshua comes from, but this word Jesus means Yahweh saves. Yahweh, God saves. So God our Father, when He sends His Son, Jesus Christ, to save us from our sins and to bring us back into that place where we can be adopted into His family so He can come and say, I am your Father. I I am your Lord. I'm everything that you need. You're my sons and my daughters. I have an inheritance for you. Everything I have, I want to give to you. And when he sends his son, he said he's going to be named Jesus because it's going to be Yahweh, the existing one, saves his people. That's what his name is going to mean. Yahweh saves. He so cared for each and every one of us, right? And and many of us, most of us have heard this since we were kids, that he sent his son to be like us, but being fully God and fully man, that he could take on that sin, those things that, that we've done, that we've committed, that we deserve, that he, Christ, could take those things so that we could be brought back into this relationship with God our Father that we were created for. Yahweh saves. That's my Father. He's the one that saved me. He's the one that that rescued me and that redeemed us. Not just me, (laughs) but us. The one who, who reached down and grabbed us and pulled us up out of that mess and brought us in. I just imagine that. I, it's me, what I imagine, I'm, I'm laying in a puddle of filth. I can't crawl my way out of it. It's too slippery, it's too messy. I'm covered from head to toe in my mess. But God lowers his hand down and grabs a hold of me. And I, you know, I've got a story. This is a little perfect example and probably how it looks to God too. Whenever I was a kid, a very young kid, maybe two or three or something, uh, I was, we were at the Lake of the Ozarks, I think, and my dad went down on a dock, and I just took off out the door after him, but he couldn't hear me coming, and I just like, running down the walkway, and apparently couldn't turn or something, and just like, off into the water as a little kid, little, I don't know, three-year-old or something. And he didn't see me, he just heard a whoosh, you know, like some kind of splash or something. And instinctually, he turns around and sees like what looks like a water 
you know, whatever. It's like rustling. It's, it's moving and reaches down in the water. Because I was like this far, reaches down in the water and grabs me. What they say is by my hair, which is why my hair sticks up now. <laughs> but grabs me and pulls me up out of the water. That's what a father does. And that's what our God did. Right? That, that's my picture. I was a goner. I couldn't get up by myself. I didn't know how to swim. I didn't know how to float. I didn't know how to talk. I didn't, I mean, barely, I mean, apparently I knew how to walk really well and just trucked it down there, you know, off the dock. But hardly knew how to do anything else. And, and that's how, that's what I picture myself as right now with God. I, I just, God, I don't, I don't know how to hardly do anything but you. But you are, right? He says, I am that. Don't worry about it because I am those, I'm, I, I am what you need in this moment. I am everything that you need right now. Galatians 4, starting in verse 4, it says, But when the fullness of the time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption of, as sons, right? So that he sent his son so that we could receive the adoption that he wanted for us. He gave everything so that we could have everything that he is. And that brings us to that scripture I started with in verse 6. And because you are sons, right? He sent his son to be born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law that we might receive that adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent forth his spirit into your hearts to cry out, Abba, Father, so that we can call him Father. I don't know about you. I See, I've referred to God as father before, but I, as I've been studying this, I, I'm thinking, you know, I'm, listen, if you start saying daddy, God, and, you know, getting all weird with it, I'm gonna be like, no, that's too far, okay? But father, I, I was just thinking, like, do I refer to him as father enough? Do I understand what that means? enough or like I should because do I see him not just as a God that's of course the one who has existed and always will the one who is king and, and lord and, and ruler and the one just all these majestic aspects of who God is the what we the way we normally Cry out to him, but do I cry out to him as fa Father, the one who cares for me, 
The one whose compassion burned so much for us that, that he sent his son so that we could be brought into his family, so that we could call him father. I'm going to give you another quote. And this one is J.I. Packer. And he says, you sum up the whole of the New Testament religion if you describe it as the knowledge of God as one's holy father. If you want to judge how well a person understands Christianity, find out how much he makes of the thought of being God's child and having God as his father. If this is not the thought that prompts and controls his worship and prayers and his whole outlook on life, it means that he doesn't un does not understand Christianity very well at all. Father is the Christian name for God. It's very interesting and, and spoke so much to me because like I'm thinking, whoa. When God spoke, right, he said, I am Yahweh. And that he sent his son so that we could call him, not just God. Because while it may not be a capital G God, we can put that label God on many things that we worship. But he sent his son, not so just for us to call him God, but so that we could call him our father. I, I, don't, I don't know if you understand, like, I, I, <laughs> I feel like I'm just even having trouble getting out what that really means. And then I just ask the question again. Do we know who our Father is? Do you understand that God, the creator of heaven, the heavens and the earth, the one who always has been, always will be the one who is right now that God, do we understand that He is our Father? That He cares so deeply for what you are doing and going through right now. And that He's right there with you. Because whenever I see him as father, I see him as one that's, that's walking alongside. The one who's teaching. The one who's instructing. The one that wants me, that wants you to grow up to be the strongest little kid that he's ever seen, you know? Looking at us like, you're doing great. Yeah, you're, get, you're doing it. 
come on. Like, uh. Do we see him like that? Do we see him like we should? Are we crying out to him? Abba, Father. Will you stand with me? Thanks for listening today. We pray this message encourages you. If you have any questions or you'd like to learn more about us as a church, you can always visit us online by going to lifechurchstl.com.